Welcome once again to our Lifehouse Beloved podcast. We're going to be mixing things up a little bit this week. We don't have our beloved Anna with us, but Anna's busy doing some sermon preparation, so you can look forward to listening to her on um, the Lifehouse Church podcast over the next two Sundays. It'll be really exciting. Tonight, we've got Debbie with us, so say hello, hello. Debbie. <laughs> and I have Lena. Hello. And we have a special guest appearance. My lovely husband, David Thomas, our senior minister. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Really good to be here at last. (laughs) I've been listening to Beloved for such a long time, so thank you. All right, it's great to have you. Uh, We're going to be starting a new series now, and the series that we're starting, we're doing a series on discipleship. So some of the things we'll look at over the next two weeks will be what is a disciple, what does it mean to be one, Um, including what it looks like in your life and what the goal or purpose of it is. Is there cost involved? Is there commitment involved? Uh, One of the other things we'll look at is what is a discipleship environment? How do you find this environment where you can actually grow and be discipled? And then we'll also look at how do you know that you've been discipled and how do you in turn disciple others? And then lastly, we'll look at what it looks like in our homes and have some tips of how we can actually disciple our children as well. So tonight we're going to start with looking at what is discipleship and what does it mean to be a disciple. So Lena, go for it. All right. Um, So what is a disciple? Is one who follows Jesus, follows the teaching of Jesus. Um, And, you know, discipleship is spreading the message of Jesus, raising someone up who has no knowledge of Christ to a mature believer plus. That's great, Debbie. And that's what I was thinking as well. Uh, yeah, like raising them up from being a new baby Christian to being a mature adult Christian. Awesome. For me, discipleship means becoming like Jesus, actually taking on the qualities and characteristics of Jesus, behaving like he does, thinking like he does, having the same outlook as he does. And the Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ, so you know this is possible, we can do it. And the characteristics that Jesus has are what the Bible refers to as the fruits of the Spirit, and we've talked about that at length before. And so that's what discipleship is, walking in that, walking in the nature of Christ. And, you know, um, it's also about dying to yourself. It's about surrender and obedience. And the whole irony of it is that the more you prepare to die to yourself, to lose your own way of operating and doing things and copying Jesus, they actually the better you that you become, the more real mm. you that. So you're not actually losing yourself. You're gaining the best you, the best version of yourself. Yeah. And Genesis one twenty seven tells us that God created us in his image. And so that is what discipleship in a nutshell for me is, bearing the image of Christ and walking it out and becoming like Christ. What do you think, David? I agree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the short answer. <laughs> well, the, 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 for me, the very, very simplistic answer in terms of what, a, what is a disciple is a disciple is someone who is becoming like the person they're following, like the teacher. And so for a Christian or for someone that is a member of a church, a Christian, being a disciple is being like Jesus. That's, mm. that's as simply as I can put it. Yep. And I think as well that, you know, due to sin in our lives and sin as well in the world, that we often, we, we've moved away from this image um, of God that we were created in. And so becoming a disciple means that you are actually committed to moving back towards that image, to, to being back to, you know, to who you were actually created to be. All right. So what does this look like for, for you practically, Lena? Yeah. Um, well, I've got three things. I think practically it looks like 
obedience. It looks like love. It looks like love towards one another. Um, and it looks like being fruitful in our life. Um, Can you unpack that a little bit more fuzz, like unpack obedience? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we demonstrate we're a disciple of Jesus by actually having a lifestyle of obedience by abiding in his word. So first we need to, to know the word. Um, John eight thirty one says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you really you are really my disciples. So it's, we're holding to Jesus' teaching. We, we know the word, we know what it says, and we do what it says. So we're actually we're in the word regularly. Um, we de- we're purposeful about developing a deeper understanding of what the Bible says and allowing it to impact our life by believing it and doing what it says. Um, you know, if the Bible says not to do it, we don't. And we believe what the Word says about us in our lives. So if the Bible says we're deeply loved, the apple of our Father's eye, and made a child of God, that's what we believe. And we choose to be obedient to that truth every day. And I think just what Lena's saying there is so important, that if you're not in the Word, you don't know. Mm. And, you know, if, if we've to bear the image of Christ, where's the best way to, to find out how he behaved and what he looks like and, you know, what we should be doing? And, and so is getting into that word is so crucial. Yeah. I've just loved um, here at Lifehouse, the girls, we are doing a, a Bible study once a month. We come together and we just get a scripture and we study it, meditate on it, and then we come together and talk about it. And it's just amazing how one verse can take us just hours to talk about and we've still got more when we leave. Um, so, you know, there's just so much life and richness to be found in the Bible. So, yeah, once again, we encourage you, get into the Word. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the only way, actually, that you're going to grow and mature if you you know, you have to get into the word, Debbie. If you got... Yeah, well, that was my number one thing too. Is it for me? It means spending time reading, you know, and reading God's word. And yeah, like that's if I don't have that, then everything else seems to fall apart. So, and um, conversing with God, watching my words and my actions every day, I find yeah. is another thing um, because you know I'm basically on show for for Jesus. You know, like I want to. I want to be able to be recognisable to others as a disciple of Jesus and for him to, to actually think me worthy to be one too. So, um, And, yeah, and I also said, you know, getting good teaching and having mentors and friends that keep me accountable yeah. um, that will encourage me along my walk and will pick me up when I'm doing the wrong thing or, they, you know, they see me doing... And I think that's really important what you're saying about having friends and things to help you because we've got to remember discipleship is a process. So yeah. it's actually a lifelong process and, and you don't have to do it alone and you can't mm. do it alone. And so it is important to have people to help you. Yeah. And and just what you're saying as well about being in the Word, I, I don't know if you girls can identify with this, but if I find that if I haven't been in the Word for a few days, I can actually feel it and, you know, it starts yeah. to show in my behaviour and whatever. So, you know, I said earlier that really discipleship is carrying the nature of Christ or walking in that nature which is walking in the fruit of the spirit and I find that if I'm not in the word regularly then I start to slip more easily into walking in the flesh which is opposite to those characteristics yeah definitely I find if you lose discipline in one area of life everything else goes and like the word is the first thing and everything else just follows in line definitely Mm -hmm. yep David would you like to add the girls will keep quiet to let you have a few words (laughs) (laughs) I've told him he's not allowed to be corny, though. I'm on my best behaviour here. That's right. He's within <laughs> flicking distance. <laughs> um, coincidentally, the, the, my first book 
the editors just sent me an email today to say that she's finished and she's sending it to me to review. Oh, and, and tell them what the book is about. Finding the discipleship environment. That's why we, <laughs> that's why we invited him on. I totally read it. That came no, out I read it this week. So one of the aspects that, that I look at is, is the need in the church to have an environment in which disciples can grow. Now we're coming to that, but... Um, the easiest thing in terms of what measure can I use to say that I'm a disciple, I've, in the book I've got a couple of little questions that I, that I would ask myself in terms of measuring myself. And the first one is, am I becoming more like Jesus? And so obviously, like you ladies have said, is that reading the Word and understanding the Word and understanding how Jesus lived is crucial to your measure because if, you, if discipleship is becoming like him, he is the true measure. The second question is, am I talking like Jesus? Am I you know, really talking like Jesus? And, and we can go into some interesting debates in how Jesus spoke to different types of people. How did Jesus speak to the sinner or the unchurched? How did Jesus speak, how did Jesus speak to the religious peace people? And that's where it first comes out, doesn't it? Like yeah. in your speech, you actually would see first in your speech. Yeah. Um, living more like Jesus. Do I actually live like him? Is my lifestyle reflective of his lifestyle? Am I sounding like Jesus? Now, here's an interesting one. Do I smell like Jesus? I love this. <laughs> ver- <laughs> smell with your nose, then I guess you do. <laughs> There's a verse of scripture that says you, you carry the aroma of life or death. Mm-hmm. And, and wherever Jesus went, he carried life or death. And the people who received him would either receive life or receive death based on his presence and what they received from him. Now, do I carry that in my daily life? So are people drawn to me and repelled, to me, repelled from me at the same time? And, you know, if they're repelled from you, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's a bad thing for them mm. because it would be that they're rejecting the Christ, you know, Christ in you. It's not a reflection on you unless, of course, you're behaving badly. But you can be, you know, walking in the spirit and being like Jesus and a lot of people will get offended and be repelled. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's a really good one. Do you the smell lo- the like last him? question then as well is, am I doing what he did? So those are the measures that I have in terms of, I'm a disciple. My goal is to become like Jesus. How do I measure myself according to that goal? Am I becoming more like him? Do I talk like him? Do I live like him? Do I sound like him? Do I smell like him? And Yeah, so, so to sum up the question, like what it looks like practically then would be, as you've said, am I becoming like him? Am I talking like him? Do I sound like him? And am I doing what he did? Um, for me as well, what it looks like practically is that laying aside of my own selfish ambitions and really, yeah. really getting to a place where I can say, well, Lord, your will. Um, and as I said earlier, walking in the fruit. Now, I'm just going to read Galatians 5, um, the fruit of the Spirit, just for people that maybe have forgotten what they are. Galatians 5:22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So those are the characteristics, the qualities of Jesus that we should be emulating. Lena, you look like you had something you wanted to say. I did. Go for it. It was 
the thing I had to say. <laughs> She's forgotten. <laughs> I just admit you've forgotten. <laughs> Truthfulness was, I was one. No, I was trying to remember it. No. <laughs> you've forgotten. Actually, one of the points that I was saying, thinking, is that it, I wrote that it, I don't think it's possible to look and act like a disciple when you aren't um, yes. because it's more of a whole life, not a lifestyle, but a way of life. It's yeah. not just something that you just go and do this day and not do the next day. It's something that you, it's the way you live your life. I like that it is, yeah, it is a lifestyle. Or like you say, it's a yeah. whole thing. It's yeah. not just, a it's not just life. a behaviour mm. or an act for a certain time. That's also very really good. Yeah, yeah that's it. it is. Yeah. Not just and from right inside. Everything. Yes, yeah. it, it goes into every part of your life. Lena's remembered. I could see that <laughs> aha moment. <laughs> the oh, light yeah. bulb went on. Um, you know, I think sometimes we can be afraid to be a disciple of Jesus and, and to really live that out in our life because we're afraid of being rejected by people. Um, and what we have to understand is that, sadly, it's not us being rejected when people turn away from us. It's actually Jesus. Um, yeah. yeah. I actually read a scripture this morning about that where, um, you know, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, when they listen to you, they listen to me. When they reject you, they're rejecting me. And when they reject me, they're rejecting the one who sent me. So that's pretty heavy. So, mm. yep, if Jesus was rejected, we sure are going to be rejected as well. Mm. But again, it's all the whole thing of discipleship again, isn't it? It's just keeping our hearts and our attitudes right before God even when that happens and just still following and choosing to follow and not take offence against people and just, you know, yep. Mm. Okay, so the next um, question I have is, what is the end goal or what is the whole purpose of this discipleship? David. Well, I've got, um, it, within LifeHouse, I've got this discipleship training school that we're busy developing and there, there are a, a number of levels within it. Now, the first level in the discipleship training school is to get the person to reach compliance with Matthew 22 and Matthew 28. And so everything in that is geared to getting them to be able to live out Matthew 22, which is the command, and Matthew 28, which is the commission. Can you just maybe just say what they are fully just for maybe people that are not sure that are listening? Okay, well, the, 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 command, the, the command is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so for me... The primary goal of a disciple is that they develop an intimate and personal relationship with the Father through Jesus by becoming like Jesus in his relationship with his Father. Because Jesus came and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. To what? To take you to the Father. And so the disciple needs to primarily, his primary job is to make connection with the Father through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And so my goal is to help you develop that intimate relationship with the Lord. Because you'll read a lot of the scriptures and a lot of parables where Jesus is actually speaking in a rebuking manner to, to many people saying, I didn't know you, was over this issue of relationship. It's about relationship. When you get to heaven, it's not about what you've done, but in what relationship do you stand with the Father? 
All right, so so the goal of discipleship then basically is relationship with God, and it's also, um, for me, the goal would be maturity as well, to, to reaching maturity, which, as I said, is a process becoming like Jesus. And then, as you said, they're making other disciples, but primarily for us as the disciple, it's about relationship with God. Mm. What do you girls think? Anything to add? Just intimacy. Yeah. Yep. We're well, not joking as much. I think David's just a bit too serious <laughs> for us all. So yeah. earnest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to intimidate. <laughs> well, just 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 going back to that word compliance, it's it's pretty important um, and to get your head around it because if you go to the dictionary definition of compliance, it's complying, obeying, obliging, or yielding, especially in a submissive way. Uh, then the second part of that definition is in the manufacturing or production in accordance with specific rules. So if you've got if you go and buy a washing machine, the, the washing machine then becomes compliant to specific standard, and so it gets an award, an award rating in terms of energy saving, etc. And we get the little stickers on. Now, a disciple needs to become compliant with regards to Matthew 22 and Matthew 28. Is he? And then we get a little sticker. And you get a little sticker. Yeah, get that in heaven. Maybe it's called a crown with jewels. <laughs> you go and read Revelations chapters one to two, one, two, three. I think you got the letters of Jesus, seven letters of Jesus to, to the church, and he talks about um, being an overcomer. This is what you get. The second level of discipleship training, if you're looking at to, heading towards maturity, am I going ahead? No, that's the environment. Yeah. No. Carolyn's pointed out her next question. No, the the. the is, Just is, a polite way of saying, you know, <laughs> cut it. Ephesians chapter 2.10, which is the next level where the disciple, from, from his intimate relationship with the Lord, from her intimate relationship with the Lord, they then bec- become doers of the works of Christ that he prepared in advance for them to do. And so they, they then begin to move out. For This is the scripture. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do these good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. That's Matthew, uh, Ephesians 2.10. So are you now living out your call? Are you utilizing the giftings that God has given you? Are you becoming a productive um, participant in the family business? All right, so I guess then in a nutshell, what you're saying, the best, um, you know, the end goal or purpose is really just to yeah, be the best bee that you can be, best bee, best me, <laughs> um, that God created you walking in his image and doing everything that he's called you to be. Now, Lena, you, the next little point um, you mentioned already when you talked about people rejecting you, so is there a cost involved in being a disciple, Debbie? Okay, Luke 14 verse 34 says, In the same way, those of you who do not give up, give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Uh, I sometimes wonder if I had to give up everything, my possessions, my loved ones, my life physically, would I still follow Jesus? Then I usually realise that that's exactly what I'm called to do and then I have to go back and hand over everything <laughs> that I haven't handed over all over again. Um, but I, there is a cost because it is, it's like we were saying, it's your everyday, it's your life it's your way of life. It's the things that you do and um, the way that you live. It's um, it's choosing not to do some things that you would probably like to do, yeah. like, well, not 
necessarily that I'd like to bag out different people or things like that. But, you know, choosing well, not Bible to do those kinds of things. The Bible says gossip's a choice morsel, so it's yeah. enjoyable, yeah. But, you know, things like that um, that you might think, oh, well, I'd like to do that or, you know, uh, there's various things that different people would like to do or not like to do and, yeah. So it's that dying to self. It is dying to mm. self, yeah. Um, that there, I'm just going to um, be preempting my sermon in a couple of weeks because mm-hmm. that scripture that you read there, Luke 14 as well, that's what um, I've got, got it done here and, and, and this is what I'll be talking about as well in a few weeks when I'm preaching. Um, and anyone who, okay, so if I go higher up, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother and father, his wife and children, his brother and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Mm-hmm. And that's often referred to as the hate principle. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Jesus is not literally saying that we need to hate our mothers and fathers and wife and children and stuff. Um, but what he's saying is that your level of commitment and relationship to him should be of such a standard that all other relationships seem like hatred in comparison. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, if you can reach that level with them, it actually just enhances all your other relationships will be, you know, you giving your best there anyway because, you know, as you, you're doing that. So, yeah, so definitely cost. And I loved what you said, Debbie, about, yeah, it's just giving up things that maybe, you know, you might want to do mm. and choosing to give that up. So there's definitely a cost. And the Bible also tells us that we are to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. So... You know, salvation, Jesus' work on the cross is the first step, and then there is cost involved in walking this out and having to give up things. Um, it could, you know, you have to be teachable, number one, as well. So any pride and self-will and all of that's got to go. Not taking offence is a very big one, mm-hmm. um, you know. So and, and that costs you as well, especially when you've been accused or had something done to you unfairly and unjustly. That's really hard as well, and that's part of walking it out as well, that, how would Jesus respond? Persecution as well, you know, and he, in the word it says, you know, blessed are you when they say all manner of evil against you. Not if they say it, when. So it's going to come and Jesus warns us in several places that if they did this to me, they are going to do it to you. So there's definitely the cost there. And even, you know, sometimes I've, I've joked about this before that I can get into trouble when I open my mouth and I can get into trouble when I'm not even opening my mouth because... You know, if you're raising that godly standard and living by that, um, often that is very convicting for people and there can be a clash and even though you're not saying anything, you know, and they might say, oh, you're judgmental or they feel because they mm-hmm. feel like that in your presence even when you're maybe deliberately going out of your way to, to be nice and to not make them feel like that, but it's the clash of spirits, the Holy Spirit in you. So definitely cost involved and it does require commitment to actually stick it through and to go through all those things. Lena. Yeah. Um, there's a, a new song that we're going to be soaking in at Lifehouse. Um, it's called The Cost by Ren Collective Experiment. And some of my favourite lyrics from, from that song are, I'm saying yes to you and no to my desires. I'll leave myself behind and follow you. Jesus, take my all, take my everything. I've counted up the cost and you're worth everything. I love that's that. Beautiful. And I love that's, that what you, you're great. saying there because that verse that I've just read goes on about counting the cost. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to build something or do it, you will first look and see have you got enough in your tank to do it. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right, David? Okay, this is not an unashamed plug <laughs> about the next book. Which means <laughs> it is. <laughs> Obviously it is. No, no. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy rewriting the second draft of the my book 
the art of personal spiritual warfare book one factors and i happen to actually deal with that passage of scripture in terms of going into spiritual warfare and aligning yourself to the moral law which is your common cause that you have with each other and in that passage of scripture jesus is it, it's interesting to see how he treats different people who cross him with regards to the moral law now the moral law in jesus's mind in that passage of scripture says when 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 the disciples came when the, and said oh your mother's outside and he says well who's my mother who's my brother and he says those who follow the will of the lord mm-hmm. and you're shaking your head no it's right carry on it's in yeah well, yeah, it's one, one of the other gospels in luke and um what I'm saying is that there is, a, you, you talk about a cost. Another aspect of the cost that a disciple has to pay is a disciple has to pay intentionally and deliberately to step into this lifestyle and pay that price to align themselves with the moral law of God or with the purposes of God's will. That's going to cost you because you're going to have to pay a price with regards to um, if, you're, if, 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 say, your blood relative comes along and they're in a bad way and, and they want you to just sweep things under the carpet or someone's coming and, 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 and accusing you of something or attacking you, you know, and you have to correct them, there is a price. You might lose relationships. And that, what you've said there about your blood relative, I mean, there's that scripture as well that Jesus says, I haven't come to bring peace, I've come to bring a sword and I've come to divide, you know, mother against daughter and stuff, and that's what you're talking there, and that is that cost in standing up, yeah, and losing relationships. Talk a bit more about that. We've been there, haven't we, cost? (laughs) What have we been accused of? Drinking blood, um, being Satanists? I've been been publicly accused of adultery. Yeah, lots of things, uh, eh? Cult leader false teacher, yeah, Satanist, blood drinker. Yeah. Um, I'll bring some more of these into my sermon so you can see a bit of the cost of le- <laughs> leadership as well. So there's the cost of discipleship and then you, you think you've you gone through at, it, right, and it's a whole deeper level. Paul right in his thing. Yeah, I've been hit this so many times. I've been beaten. I've been whipped. I've been shipwrecked. And so can you imagine putting that on a resume for going for a church? <laughs> yeah. Well, I figure we haven't gone through all of that yet, so we can stand it. Yeah, but, the, but in the long run, the actual cost in terms of the rewards, the rewards outweigh the costs. Yeah. They're yeah. out of this world, would you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been corny. <laughs> I was warned not to be corny. I <laughs> no, I apologise. I apologise. <laughs> yeah, no, there certainly is cost, but, you know, I just remind myself with, um, you know, if Jesus... Jesus had it done to him and went through, then I'm an awesome company and why should I expect any less? And he does say that as well in the word that, you know, why would you expect this? Don't, that's going to happen to you? All right, so that was um, just an introduction to discipleship, what it is and what it means to be a disciple. Hope that you got some good tips out of there and it helped you. I think we should leave them with the challenge, Carolyn. All right, so what's the challenge, Lena? Maybe counting up the cost, having a look. Is yep. there things that you need to actually be sacrificing? And like Debbie said as well, things that maybe you need to give up and counting the cost is have I got enough, yeah, and going in with a really decision that this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to follow, yeah. yeah, no matter what it takes. Well, give them the two scriptures. 
Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Are you compliant and developing your relationship, your personal intimate relationship with the Lord? And Matthew 28, are you from that relationship now going out and making disciples? Just read that Matthew 22, that first line to them. Let me put my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting old. <laughs> Uh, Matthew 22, and he replied to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, your intellect. This is the great, most important principle and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. And I think that loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind involves what Debbie and Lena were talking about, actually giving up Mm. whatever it takes. Whatever you have to give up, Mm. that's what you give up. All right, well, we hope you've enjoyed that. So just um, take Lena's challenge on board and just see if you can sit and think about maybe uh, some costs that you might be, you know, God's calling you to pay and maybe you haven't, there's certain things that you haven't been willing to give up yet. So just see what he's saying to you. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So you come find us on Facebook. Come have a chat to us on Facebook. Or you can check out our website at www.life-house.net. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.